0: Thought session. Thought session. Thought session. Thought session. Thought, session. Thought, session. Thought session. 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 Hi, this is Eric Tucker with the Thought Session podcast. Our guest today is Mr. Adam Mendler, an entrepreneur, a public speaker, and a very successful thought leader. Adam, how are you doing today? I'm great, Eric. How are you? I am pretty good. I want to thank you for taking time to talk with us today. And you have a uh, very busy schedule, so I really appreciate the time. Never too busy to talk to you, Eric. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, I want our listeners to get a, an understanding of what your take is on mentorship. You've, you have a podcast called 30 Minute Mentors, and you have interviewed several hundred people covering a variety of uh, sectors, including you know the public sector, military, and even athletics. What is your main takeaway from this type of format? Great question,
1: Eric. And you and I can talk about this for the duration of the podcast. So I'll try to not spend as much time talking about it as I normally love talking about it. It's one of my favorite subjects. I personally am a huge beneficiary of mentorship and so many other people in the world are. I don't think anyone is at the top, not to say that I'm at the top, but I don't think anyone is at the top without this, the help without the guidance, without the assistance of lots of people around them. And it's a common theme that I have in the people who I've interviewed. I've interviewed hundreds of America's most successful people, as you'd mentioned, people from all verticals. And a consistent theme that I hear is I got here. Yes, I worked hard. Yes. I had some natural abilities, but I really got here with the help of others. And something that I really try to emphasize is a concept that I call mini mentors. So we tend to think of mentors as people who are singular figures in our lives. Maybe we've known them for decades, 10 years, 20 years. They could be people who we go out to lunch with once a month or once every couple weeks. Maybe we have phone calls with them on a regular basis. They're providing deep guidance on aspects involving our personal lives, our professional lives. And mentors are extremely important to each and every one of us. They're very important to me. I've had great mentors and have great mentors in my life and Everyone who I've interviewed has been, just about everyone I've interviewed has been the beneficiary of mentorship. But what I really like to emphasize when I talk about mini mentors, and this is one of the reasons why I started 30 Minute Mentors, is a new kind of concept around mentorship, which is in addition to having that one great mentor or two great mentors, if you can have a network of mentors, if you could have people who maybe aren't as deeply engaged in your life, but are accessible to you when you need them. Maybe you call them once a year. Maybe you call them once every six months. Maybe you just call them once. And they're people who are really wise, successful, accomplished in whatever area that they might be able to provide assistance and value and guidance to you. So, you know, Eric, let's say, for example, this podcast, you're trying to figure out how do I, well, we'll just give a random example. How do I get great guests for, for my podcast? And you want to, um, really figure that out. Well, maybe you want to talk to the most successful podcaster in America. And let's say you have a relationship with that podcaster. He may not be, your mentor who you're going out to lunch with once a month, but he could be someone that you could call up and say, hey, how do I get great guests for my podcast? And that could be a mini mentor in your life. Through my show, what I try to do is I try to make accessible the best network of mentors possible to listeners, bringing for 30 minutes at a time each week a different CEO, founder, celebrity, athlete, general, admiral, influencer, you name it, And their best advice to listeners so that in that increment, they can take away advice and tips that can be applied to their lives so that they could better excel personally and professionally. So I know I gave a mouthful there, but uh, it's clearly a topic that I'm very passionate about.
0: And, And that's exactly what I wanted to cover. But I want to start, first of all, with what is your definition of mentorship in a nutshell? My definition of
1: mentorship is adding value to someone's life. That could be adding value to someone's personal life. That could be adding value to someone's professional life. But what a great mentor does, or even a good mentor does, is takes an interest in the person that he or she is mentoring and adds value in some way. That could be adding value by listening and making an introduction. That could be adding value by listening and giving advice. That could be adding value by listening and getting involved. Clearly, the first step is listening. So you need to be a great listener to be a great mentor. And then you need to have the wisdom, the experience, and the personality to want to and ultimately be able to make an impact in the right way.
0: Who were some of your first mentors? Great
1: question. Uh, A mentor who um, I've written quite a bit about and still someone who I look up to tremendously in my life uh, is a really prominent and successful sports agent. He's one of the top agents in baseball. And when I was a kid, he really took me under his wing and helped provide me with some unbelievable experience and unbelievable guidance that has served me in ways that I I can't even express on this podcast or in in writing as much as hard as I try. And um, really the relationship started before I even knew what a mentor was or knew what an internship was or what work was. I was just a kid who loved baseball. I'm not a kid anymore, but I still love baseball. I'm heartbroken that we don't have baseball right now. Hopefully we can get baseball back soon. And he was a family friend. His uh, son and my daughter were classmates. I want to say i like preschool. And I was a little kid. So, you know, my sister was literally in preschool and I was probably in grade school. And um, because he was a sports agent, you know, I, I would just always talk baseball with him. And even though I was a little kid, I was really knowledgeable about baseball and at at age eight or nine or 10 or whatever age, you know, I knew as much about baseball as probably most people in their twenties who were serious baseball fans. I, you know, went to my first game at age seven and was hooked. And, we just developed this friendship and it was kind of a, you know, an odd friendship when you think about it, because what adults are friends with, you know, kids that age, but it's been a theme of my life that, you know, no matter how old I am, I've always kind of been able to develop these friendships with people of all ages. Um, you know, now I'm in my thirties and, I I can connect with kids in college as easily as I can connect with people in their seventies. And that's one of the things I love about my show is one week I'll have a guest who's in his twenties and an Olympic gold medalist trying to prepare for the next Olympics. And the next week I'll have a retired general who is reflecting on his 40 year military career. So it's just kind of a a cool thing. Um, And when I was a kid, we really connected over this sort of shared love of baseball. And when I was looking for my first internship, uh, I asked him for advice on, you know, do you have any thoughts or tips on places I could apply to for an internship in baseball? And he offered me the opportunity to intern for him. And that really sort of took the relationship to
0: another level. That's a wonderful story. You mentioned that mentors are great listeners. Do you find that they are also good at spotting potential in the people that they mentor?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Eric, really good point. A a great mentor is also a great scout. So kind of going back to that example of talking about baseball, when you're a baseball fan, when you're a baseball fanatic, you're watching the game and you're studying the players you're watching and you're trying to figure out who the next great player is. And it's no different when you're mentoring people, you're trying to figure out how can this person become even better? How can this person become great and great mentors have that ability? They have that desire. It's really the two. There are a lot of people who, Have the ability, but don't have the desire. There might be people who have the desire, but don't have the ability. When you have someone Mm. who has both of those things, you're in good hands.
0: Do you consider yourself to be a mentor?
1: I certainly try. I think that I'm much better at this phase in my life at being a mini mentor than I am at being a traditional mentor. Uh, I'm a very engaged mini mentor. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about mini mentorship. I've seen it just play an unbelievable role in my life. Traditional mentorship has played an unbelievable role in my life, but mini mentorship has has as well. And I really try to be a very, very engaged mini mentor. So people will reach out to me from all avenues, from college, from graduate school, from, uh, you know, early stage entrepreneurs, people who are trying to accomplish different things in different fields. And I'm open to trying to help out however I can. If it's meeting for coffee, if it's, well, now I can't meet for coffee because we have to socially distance. But back in the day, meeting for coffee, meeting for lunch, jumping on a call, I'm very game to try to pay it forward however I can, because at the end of the day, paying it forward is how the world goes round. I've mentored quite a bit in the more traditional sense over the course of my life. And I think that to be a great mentor, you have to really be engaged. You have to really um, be committed. One of the things that I've found challenging with my schedule and with my commitments is just making enough time to be effective at everything that I do. So I've tried to give back by being a really good mini mentor, by trying to impact as many people as I can. And, um, you know, I've engaged in in different forms of mentorship over the years. I've coached a lot of youth sports. um, And a lot of those kids who I coached back in the day um, are people who I still are, would, would consider uh, protégés and they probably still consider me a mentor.
0: I, I must say I've listened to some of your sessions. They leave a profound impression and I don't want to give too much away, but I really want to encourage our listeners to go out and imagine what you can do with this type of insight. How did you come up with this particular
1: format? Well, I really appreciate the kind words. that's very meaningful, Eric. So firstly, thank you. That means a lot to me. I really appreciate that. We talked a little bit about it on the onset of the show, and I believe very strongly that it's impossible to get to the top by yourself. We all have been assisted by other people In some shape or form, I've been guests on a lot of podcasts and been asked in a lot of different ways, you know, how did you do this? How did you do that? How did you do that? And you can't be intellectually honest and say, I've been able to accomplish anything without acknowledging your support system. And for me, that started with having a tremendous upbringing. Having great parents, having a great community, having a great structure that allowed me to develop in a way that look we we can just kind of go on and on I and mean, number one um, i my parents provided me with you know a better foundation when it came to Understanding what matters in life, understanding um, a moral code of conduct, understanding how to treat people, understanding so much more than I I learned in school. Um, My parents provided me with the infrastructure to be successful in school. At the end of the day, I attended two of the top business schools in the country, and there's no way I would have been able to do that without the upbringing and support that I had um and the list goes on and on and on there's just no way that that I would have been anywhere near I wouldn't be on your show today without the support of my parents without the support of my parents friends without the support of my friends without the support of professors in college without the support of mentors and mini mentors that I've had along the way and one of the things that that I've really come to realize is, and you know, this is sort of a different conversation and perhaps a little bit of a deeper conversation, but when I do a lot of speaking to different audiences and I get paid as a speaker to talk to businesses and to talk to universities and to talk to nonprofits about leadership and about management and related topics, and one of the topics that I'll often talk about and a theme that I'll often bring up to audiences is at the end of the day, I believe very strongly, Eric, that most people in life are bad at most things. I personally am bad at most things. I'm on your guest as you know a podcast host who's bringing this really cool concept to life and bringing this really cool concept to listeners. I started a bunch of companies i have been successful in different areas, but to anyone who knows me, I'm really, really bad at a, a lot of things in life. And I can tell you quite honestly, I'm really bad at most things in life, but I think that we're all good at a few things and we all have that one thing that we're exceptional at. We all have that one thing that makes us special we all have that one thing that really makes us unique, that makes us different. You know, it's our superpower. So it's a area that I really try to pound to my audiences, and we go a lot deeper than that. But what I've come to realize over the years is I've had this ability to connect with people. I've had this ability to build relationships with people of all ages, of all backgrounds. And I kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier in our conversation when I was talking about how as a kid I developed this friendship with a guy who was much older than me, a really successful agent, and we developed a true friendship. Uh, I've kind of talked about how at my age I've been able to cultivate these relationships with people of all ages, of all backgrounds, of you know, and there why is that? Because it's authentic. It's genuine. I genuinely love people. I genuinely love getting to know people. I genuinely love building relationships with all kinds of people. And what I really wanted to do with this podcast was take that skill that I've had, which I've been able to apply to my different businesses and I've been able to apply In other ways in my life. But I really wanted to apply it in a way in which I could give back to this sort of broader audience where I would be able to leverage my ability to connect with really interesting and successful people and bring out their best advice for the betterment of listeners. So for me, it was really a way for me to... Mary, what I've identified as my—I mean, we all—we all have that thing that makes us special. So, what what I've identified as um, something about me that helps make me special, um, with what I believe is so important, which is mentorship, mini mentorship, bringing the best advice of the most successful people and making it accessible to as many people as possible and packaging it all in the form of 30-Minute Mentors. It's just been something really cool and fun and exciting, and it's why I'm so passionate talking about it.
0: What's a typical speaking engagement like for you?
1: Yeah, really good question. I don't know that there is a typical speaking engagement because I'll speak to all kinds of audiences. I can speak to large crowds. I can speak to small rooms. Now that we're in this kind of new normal, I'm getting booked to do virtual speaking engagements, which is definitely different, but I'm just motivated to get my message out there. I'm just motivated to inspire as many people as I can. So while there may not be a quote unquote typical speaking engagement. There are some things that I really try to do in every speaking engagement that I have. Number one is I'm really focused on my audience. So something that I talk about is, look, at the end of the day, Eric, if it was up to me, I I would spend an hour just talking about baseball. We could just talk about the Angels, and we can talk about Mike Trout, and we can talk about, if you want to even go talk about you know my days growing up as an Angel fan, we could talk about Tim Salmon and Jim Edmonds and you know Darren Erstad and Troy Persson, but your audience doesn't care about that. A lot of your listeners are like, who, who are these guys? We don't care about baseball. We don't care about Angels baseball. We don't care about the Angels of the 1990s and 2000s. Um, we're interested in mentorship. We're interested in leadership. We're interested in how can we become better, more effective leaders. We're interested in lessons learned from America's top leaders. Whatever the topic is that I'm being booked to speak about, I try to be as focused as I can on my audience. I want to give my audience value. I want anyone and everyone in the room to feel like they got an enormous amount from the time that they spent with me doesn't matter if it's a small room of executives or a large, massive audience. I want every single person in there to feel like they were able to connect one-on-one with me and walk away feeling both inspired and empowered and feeling like they have practical, tangible advice that they can apply to their lives and their careers to become better personally and professionally.
0: I think that's a wonderful superpower to have. Have you gotten any specific feedback from either individuals that you've mentored or companies or other organizations as far as why your message has been so well received?
1: Um check out my website. I tried to put some of the testimonials on my website. So, um, I'm very flattered to be honest with you. Uh, it's humbling. It's extremely humbling when I get feedback from people who hear me speak and are in the audience when I give a talk and they then will write a testimonial, send it to me or submit it through my website. And I read it. I'm truly humbled by it. And um, I try to share those on my website because it gives people who haven't heard me speak a flavor of what one of my sessions is all about. And yeah, Eric, uh, I get feedback, and even when the feedback is, um, you know, it doesn't matter who the feedback is from, I just I just love hearing it. I've I've gotten feedback from really, really successful, prominent people. And I've gotten feedback from students, from high school students. I I think one of the best uh, comments I, I got was I gave a talk. This was probably about a little bit over a year ago. I gave a talk at an inner city school and the kids were probably around, let's say, 12 to 14 years old and after my talk one of the students came over to me and said you know you're the best talker that I've ever heard and I was like wow that's, you know that was, that was awesome not the best speaker but the best talker and I'm like wow that's really cool so I uh, that, I should add that one to my website that was best talker I've ever heard. that's that's pretty cool but I'm definitely not the world's greatest speaker. I feel like he needs to get out there a little bit more, but I'll take that one.
0: That is awesome. And just a final question for me. You're helping so many organizations. What's a typical production week like for you? Like, how do you decide where you are going to be? What are you going to focus on in a given week or month? What's that like?
1: Yeah, great question. And... Right now, with coronavirus, it's obviously changed quite a bit because there isn't that much getting out. You're sort of sheltered in place, and um, most of my traveling is traveling. We're we're an essential business, so traveling from my place to my office and occasionally traveling to the grocery and maybe to the drugstore. But under normal circumstances, I go where... My message is needed. I go where my message is wanted. I'm very open and very receptive to speaking to all kinds of audiences. So whenever I'm called upon, whenever someone's interested in bringing me on, I'm always game to listen because at the end of the day, as you can tell, Eric, from the topics we've spoken about from this conversation, This is more than a job to me. This is more than work for me. This is really life's work. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I love doing. And when you do what you love, when you love what you do, when your work is something that is very meaningful, not only to you, but to the people who you're interacting with, the people you're touching, it's something that you're inspired to do as much of as you can.
0: You're doing some wonderful things and you're helping so many people. I encourage everyone to check out the 30 minute mentor series and, and just get it wherever you listen to your podcast. I definitely have enjoyed the content that I've heard so far. And I want to thank you again for just stopping by and um, sharing that, that offering with us. And uh, we wish you the best.
1: Eric, thank you for having me. Thank you for the incredibly kind words. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to connect with your listeners. And I really enjoyed it. This was a lot of fun.
0: Thought thought, session. Thought session.